Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, April 18th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on the debt limit negotiations. Number two, Dems quandary with Senator Dianne Feinstein. And number three, the AFL-CIO amps up pressure on Biden's labor secretary pick. All right, let's get to it. As we promised yesterday, it is a very busy week with both chambers back in Washington after the Easter recess. And things are really coming into focus when it comes to the debt limit. We picked up a bunch of news uh, on this issue and really the most significant legislative issue Congress is going to have to contend with in the next several months And honestly, could be the most impactful issue lawmakers deal with this Congress. So let's get to it. We've got uh, some news just to talk through. Number one, first, really interesting context here. Both Speaker Kevin McCarthy and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said Monday that the U.S. government could default on its debt. Let's pause there. That is a pretty stunning statement. We have covered a lot of these debt limit skirmishes, and they rarely begin, if ever, with the top two lawmakers in Washington warning that the worst outcome, a default, is possible. So, of course, part of this is posturing. McCarthy wants President Joe Biden to negotiate, and Schumer wants McCarthy to back down. Neither of these seems likely at this point. But both parties have also taken note that Wall Street seems numb to this potential crisis in the making. Okay, number two. Last Thursday, we scooped the details of the debt limit proposal that House Republicans are cobbling together. The GOP-only plan includes a cap on non-defense discretionary spending, clawing back unspent COVID money, work requirements for social programs, freezing budget increases at 1% growth for a decade, enactment of House GOP energy uh, issues, as well as many more things. So House Republican leadership is going to present the framework to rank-and-file members this morning in a closed-party meeting. We are going to be watching the body language coming out of this meeting extremely closely. Party leaders want to move this package before the chamber leaves for recess on April 28th. So that means they're going to be pushing for a vote next week. That is extremely fast. And how are they going to do it, right? Remember, Kevin McCarthy promised regular order. There was all of this effort to make sure that the committees were empowered on big legislative action. That's not what's going to be happening this time around. House Republican leadership sources tell us that they won't mark up this bill in committees. Instead, party leaders will assemble the legislation themselves and use the Rules Committee to put it on the floor. This is a marked departure from the regular order that McCarthy has promised and much more in line to how uh, the realities of working in the House has worked, certainly under Speaker Nancy Pelosi. 
The big question here is whether McCarthy and his top lieutenants can find the votes to get this package through the House. That is not a sure thing. There's very serious doubt inside GOP leadership that this proposal can garner the 218 GOP votes. And of course, do not be looking for any Democrats to assist them in this effort. If McCarthy can't push it through, that significantly strengthens the White House and Senate Democrats' hands. The person to watch here, House Majority Whip Tom Emmer and his team, they are going to be lobbying members for support as soon as the text is finalized. And there is some hope within GOP circles that that, we could see that text as soon as today. All right, the third thing to be watching right now when it comes to the debt limit, generally speaking, there are two legislative approaches when it comes to lifting the debt limit. Congress can lift it by a dollar amount or by a date certain. House Republican leadership is leaning toward lifting it by a specific dollar amount. This has been a demand of some on the right flank of the conference. Now, McCarthy has been saying in public and private that he believes the American public is on the Republican side when it comes to using the debt limit to force budget cuts. We got our hands on a new polling memo from the American Action Network showing that they have the data that backs McCarthy's position up. We have the full memo linked in our Punchbowl News AM newsletter. I encourage you to check it out because there's a lot of details in the polling here about how Republicans uh, are, uh, you know, seemingly backing McCarthy's position as well as as, as why they are kind of going down this tact, right? 52% say McCarthy is negotiating in good faith with Biden compared to 36% who believe he's not. Interestingly, Ann asked about specific policies that McCarthy is proposing. 77% favor clawing back unspent COVID money. 74% favor permitting reform. 62% support enacting work requirements for social programs. So this is going to be kind of the, the, the zeitgeist with which Republicans are going into this latest iteration of the fight. But you're going to see Democrats push back pretty aggressively We've got some news this morning that Representative Rosa DeLauro, the Democrat from Connecticut and the top Democrat on the House Appropriations Committee, is going to be noting steep cuts uh, when it comes to Education Secretary Miguel Cardona testifying before the Labor HHS Education Committee today. Um, So kind of you're going to see Republicans pushing these big cuts Democrats saying, you know, this is this they're going to be cutting massively popular programs like education funding, which could be slashed by slashed by 20 percent or more. A huge political risk for Republicans. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. We talked about this yesterday. The, the big quandary for Democrats when it comes to Senator Dianne Feinstein, the Democrat of California, So obviously, yesterday, Democrats tried an effort to break the logjam on judges by temporarily replacing Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee. Republicans lined up remarkably quickly against its effort. So the big question, what is next? Our very own Andrew Desiderio has a really good item this morning looking at how Democrats on the panel huddled in the Capitol late last night. Uh, with seasoned floor staffers, in the words of one committee member, to discuss potential options to move judicial nominees out of the committee and onto the Senate floor. They didn't come back with much. Senator Chris Coons, who is on that committee, said, I don't think there are any great options. 
this is a definite setback for Democrats. Um, you know, there's still an expectation that Senate Dems are going to ask for unanimous, unanimous consent for a Feinstein replacement on the floor this week. Democrats will discuss who to put forward as the proposed fill-in for Feinstein at their weekly lunch later today. Yet, regardless of who it is, Republicans will object to the request and Democrats will be forced to pump the brakes once again on judicial nominees. To be sure, there are still some nominees in the queue for Democrats to take up on the Senate floor, but adding to that list will be exceedingly difficult, if not impossible, with the next slate of nominees. Democrats spent Monday insisting that Republicans should, as a matter of senatorial courtesy, support a new organizing resolution on the Senate floor that would temporarily replace Feinstein with another member of the Democratic caucus while the 89-year-old recovers from shingles at home. There's kind of two camps for why Republicans are opposing this effort. One, there are those who believe they shouldn't help Democrats confirm judicial nominees that conservatives abhor. Plus, they're arguing that this isn't a situation where a newly appointed or elected senator needs to be assigned to committees. Of course, Democrats are just talking about replacing Feinstein on the Judiciary Committee, not her other committees. There's a second camp of Republicans who are framing this as a Democratic effort to force Feinstein off the Judiciary Committee permanently. This is despite the fact that she has asked for the temporary replacement after facing calls to resign in the wake of her prolonged absence from Washington. So denying a temporary replacement could fuel calls for Feinstein to resign from the Senate, especially from progressives. Judicial confirmations are a top issue for liberals who are working to make up lost ground from the Trump era. Yet even as they confronted a solid wall of GOP opposition on Monday, no Democrat would go there quite yet. We are going to be watching this very closely to see if that tide does turn, if there is an effort among the more progressives to kind of push and, and force Feinstein's hand here to say, you know, maybe it's time for you to resign. Again, not happening yet, but definitely something uh, that could happen in the coming days and weeks, depending on how long she ends up not being able to return to the chamber. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Another nomination fight. The AFL-CIO and other unions are stepping up support for Julie Sue. President Joe Biden's pick to be the next labor secretary. She is in trouble, and the AFL and other top labor unions are increasing pressure on swing state senators to back her. Union officials will begin a six-figure TV ad buy in Arizona, D.C., and other states calling for Sue's confirmation, according to sources close to the issue, and that ad buy is going to increase, the sources said. The AFL convened a meeting of 60 affiliates on Monday to discuss the nomination, including AFSME, the United Mine Workers, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, and other building trade unions. For AFL-CIO President Liz Schuler and other top union officials, Sue's confirmation is a top priority. We are going to be watching whether or not this uh, ad effort and the pressure to kind of amp up on some of these swing state senators, including Senator Joe Manchin, who is undecided, uh, Senator Kirsten Sinema, also on the fence, and Senator John Tester. He told us he plans to meet with Sue on Thursday following the help committee hearing. Three senators to watch when it comes to where Democrats are on that nomination. With that, thank you so much for listening this morning. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, share the Daily Punch on social media. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. 
you can, of course, always go a little deeper by subscribing to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.